Good morning. Last week, in the previous weeks, we've been talking about faith, and we want to review just a little bit. We said that we had, uh, we, we gave you six ways to endure last week, because endurance is very important. We want to endure to the end. We said that um, you needed to make sure that you knew that your future is better than your present. And if you know that, then, of course, you can endure better and longer. Also, we said that um, you need to imitate the faith of others also. We said that you need to, from Hebrews chapter 11, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We needed to know that Basically, in, in Hebrews 11, it told us that, that it's him who is the, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And also that we need to consider him. And the last one we went over, even though I had, I had another one, the last one I went over is that we need to know that God is working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, which is important. Uh, I wanted to add something to that just as a a reminder that we all are supposed to be pursuing uh, intimacy with Jesus Christ. And what we need to do is make sure that we're having that quiet time before him. And as we have that quiet time, I call it a devotional time, that our purpose is to be more like him, that we can glorify him in everything we do, everything we say, we want to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. We don't do devotions uh, to uh, just check off uh, something on our to-do list. We don't do that. We're not doing it uh, just to uh, make a show like the Pharisees maybe did of, of uh, uh, look how spiritual I am. We don't do devotions because of that. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to know more about him. When I read the word, when we're reading the word, when we are doing anything, we want to learn more about how he responds, what he says, why he says what he says. Uh, we want to pray. We want to praise. Those, all those seven, uh, we call it seven priorities of our spiritual life, those things which are uh, um, reading meditation. Uh, we want to confess the word. We want to, of course, uh, the top three is praise, worship, and pray, prayer. We want to do those things. But it's for a purpose. The purpose is that we would be more like him. And in, in the process, we know that he endured, didn't he? Aren't we glad that he endured to the end? The Satan tried to keep him from enduring. Satan tried to uh, sabotage him, try to get him to do things that he wasn't supposed to do, just like he tries to get us to do that, doesn't he? But Jesus Christ endured to the end, and that's why we have the great high priest. Uh, and, of course, in Hebrews, it tells us all those type of things. So we are, we are purposing to endure uh, this race that we're, we're, we're in. So let's open our, our Bibles, and uh, we, our, our base scripture is in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's uh, go there. And in Verse 1, 
we said that faith is the substance of those things hoped for, the evidence of those things not seen, and meaning that trusting in God, trusting in God, is the essence. It's the reality of those things you hope for. It's the evidence of those things that you don't see. So that's how we say we want to uh, simplify this thing so that you're not thinking that faith is something way out there uh, that you're trying to grasp hold of. As a matter of fact, I'll really, when you think about it, the faith that we are talking about in Hebrews 11 is the same faith that saved you. It's not in a, in a different type of faith to say, okay, we have to, we have to uh, once we are saved, now we have to try to grasp this faith that's, a, that's as small as a grain of mustard seed. We have to try, try to grasp that. No, you already have it. We need to move it from faith to faith. We need to grow in our faith. So it's the same. Let's look in Romans chapter 10. And, and we'll see that in Romans, uh, where we were in Hebrews, I just went to, I just quoted the first verse. We'll come back there. But let's go to Romans 10. And let's start in verse 13. It says, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord, will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed, who they don't trust in? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher or proclaimer? How will they proclaim unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not heed the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ, or the word of God, it says in the King James. So we see that this process of God wanting us, desiring us, and has commanded us to go and proclaim the word of God because there are people who need to hear about him. They need to hear about the goodness, the good news about Jesus Christ, that he's paid the price for our sins, that we don't have to try to work our way to salvation. It's not going to be that way because you can't work your way to salvation. So he's saying that the same faith here is that faith that we're talking about in Hebrews. Let's go to, uh, uh, back to Hebrews chapter 10. And in, in chapter 10, it tells us just that. In verse 39, Hebrews 10, 39, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but through those who have faith to the persevering of, of the soul. So that faith that we got when we got saved, because you heard the good news of the gospel and you believed, and, and, and now we have the same faith to the persevering of the soul. So it goes right into chapter 11. So that's what we want to explain to you. And we're going to go into Hebrews some more. And we're going to show you some things here. 
And we're going to talk about four things this morning. Four things. Remembering now, we are talking about this faith as the same faith that you already have. So you're not trying to gain something that you don't have. You're trying to just make it grow. We're trying to increase it. Trying to believe God more. So let's look at Noah in chapter, in chapter 11, verse 7. Let's look at Noah. We stopped last time in, in, in verse 6. We probably won't go through all of chapter 11 as, a, as we go. We're going to hit enough of it. We're going to talk about two verses today from Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being one of God about the things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteous, righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance and went out not knowing where he was going. Let's talk about the first thing in this, these, these two verses. The first thing is that God gives a word to us. He speaks to us a promise. And all he gives us a command. But with that command comes a promise. Just like in, in the Old Testament, he will say, uh, uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he tells you what obedience will do. And you'll no problem memorize most of Deuteronomy 28, haven't you? Okay. Uh, is that correct? Okay, let's turn to it. Hold your place right there now because we're coming right back. Um, he speaks to us. See, we're talking about speaking to us. He speaks to us. He speaks a promise. Well, sometimes he doesn't speak a promise. He just speaks a, a word and tells you something to do. But with that, obedience comes a promise. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now, it shall be if you will diligently obey. So if, if God speaks, he wants us to obey. But with that obedience now comes a promise. But it says, will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Now, what comes with obedience? Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall you be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the, and the offspring of your beast and the increase of your herd and the young flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when... Oh, it's so many blessings, isn't it? So many blessings. So that was not the intent. It really wasn't in the notes. But uh, what I want to do is just let you know that God speaks to us. He speaks to us promises which we'll be going over with Noah and Abraham, but he also just speaks a word. He said, I want you to go here. That's all. I want you to do this. That's all. I, I, I want you to uh, love your wife. It's just a word. He just speaks the word. He, need, he, 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 he wants us to obey. Is that correct? 
with that obedience comes a reward. Even if he hasn't said, if you would love your wife, I will set you on high. I would. He, he, he doesn't have to tell us that. We know with obedience comes a reward. We know that. So I want you to take that in consideration as we are talking about uh, that first one, the first thing. The first thing I said is that God speaks a word or a promise, and, and with that comes a reward. Now, what we want to know is that that is a truth of faith. That is a truth about faith, about our faith walk, our life. As a, as, a, as, a, as a child of God, we're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. But the just, it says, the just shall live by faith. So therefore, a truth about our faith life is that God speaks a promise to his people. He speaks a promise. And sometimes he just speaks a word. Now, let's look at, 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 at this example he gave here to Noah. Noah, by faith, Noah being warned by God. Let's find out about this. Let's go back into Genesis uh, chapter 6. Let's go there and let's look at the account of, of what happened because God wants us to know this and not just to read just that verse. He wants us to go back and find out, how did he speak to, to, to Noah? What was Noah doing during this time? Why did, did Noah do all these things? Why, did he, why is Noah in this whole mark of faith? Why is he here? That's what we want to know. Let's start in verse 9. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. So we know that. Blameless in his time. So he's given us information about Noah. Noah walked with God. So we're learning something about Noah. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, And behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. So he's talking to Noah. Verse 14, make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. And he goes on to tell him what to do to, uh, with this ark and how he should make it. Let's go on a little down further. Verse 17, behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. It means it's going to die. 
But, this is a good word, I will establish my covenant with you. And you shall enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Now, we see he speaks a word to Noah. And he gives them a promise. What was a promise? That he's going to make a covenant with them. And he's told them to build this ark and I'm going to save you, your wife, your children, and uh, their wives, your sons and their wives. I'm going to do this. Anytime God speaks to you, you want to know that, okay, there's a, oh my, this is a good thing because something is going good is going to happen out of this thing. Now, if you were Noah back then, if we were Noah, think about it. What would we think? He's going to destroy everybody, except you know, except, except you and your family. He's going, he's going to destroy everybody. But you don't know when. You have no idea. He didn't tell you when. Sometimes we think that I need all the information before I can move. Right? That's what we think we need. We need. But see, we're talking about faith, aren't we? And we know that faith is the substance of those things hoped for and the evidence of those things not seen. So we already know that's okay. If he's going to be in the hallmark of faith, if we are going to be in the hallmark of faith, then what we have to know is that God's going to speak something to us and we are not going to see it. We're not going to have all of the information. We're not. We're not going to have it all. But he is, expects us to know that there's a reward of what I'm telling you. But from history, we already know that I know you, God. You, this thing is not going to be a cakewalk. I know you, God. So therefore, you're going to expect me to endure from the time you told me this until the time this thing come to pass. I know you, God. So therefore, I know that it's going to be some rough times. It depends upon what he told me. And it depends upon uh, a lot of things. He told Noah that he's going to destroy everybody. So therefore, Everybody's going to be gone except him. So this is a big deal with Noah. He's going to repopulate the earth with just Noah and his, his family. Because Noah didn't know that, did he? Did he tell him that? He didn't tell him that. He just said, that, I'm going to save you and your family. So I wonder what kind of thoughts you have. Your friends, your neighbors, everybody's going to be gone. Except you. You don't know when. You don't know where you're going. All you know, you're going to make a boat. And you know that if a flood comes, the boat probably is going to float, but you don't know where. You don't know whether it's going to drive the boat to the other end of the earth. You don't know. Isn't that a great thing about faith? We don't have clues. We don't have the clues. 
Now, how do we respond when God speaks to us? How do we respond? God, if it's you, give me more information. Right? I want to know why. Why are you telling me this? If I don't know why, I'm not going nowhere. I want to know why. And, and don't we do that sometimes? At least our children. We probably used to do that. Our children don't do that. But we used to do that as our parents. Well, why do I have to clean my room? Yeah. Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to do this? And we sometimes think that we have to give them reasons. Well, you have to tell people why. So they Do you know that, that if, if, if every time you told your child to do something and you had to tell them why for them to do it, you're setting them up that they can't walk by faith with God because we're supposed to be training them to reign <laughs> with God. And so, therefore, they need to know, sweetheart, trust me, obey. Good things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. Just obey. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's true. Now, let's see what happens here. Chapter 7. Well, let's, let's do 6.22. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Now, that's without any more information. He did. I, I need to preface what we're talking about without teaching on it, is that if we don't know God's voice, do you realize that we can be thinking we are following God and not following God? Have you ever wondered about Noah, about Abraham? They knew that it was God. They knew. Now, sometimes we, as Christians, what, what, what we should be doing, that's why we, we have our quiet time, that's why we read the scripture, that's why we... Um, we test things out. We try the spirits to see. So we, have to, we have to do that. We have to have discernment of spirits. We have to have the Holy Spirit because we're trying to learn God's voice. I'm reading and studying the word of God because I'm trying to discern the difference between God's voice and the world's voice. I'm trying to discern between God's voice and my flesh. Do you know the world system speaks? You, you, do you know that de- the devil, let's put it that way, Satan, they sp- all these dark spirits, they speak. Do you know that? They put thoughts in your head. They, 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 but also, the Holy Spirit puts thoughts in your head. So we have to discern between those. I'm putting a plug in for your class. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. This is where you're hearing the voice of God. Uh, because we need to hear the voice of God and know it and distinguish it. That, that was just something on the side. Because if you don't know that, how many of you have, have said, God told me to do this? Then later on you said, well, uh, God changed his mind. You know, uh, <laughs> you really don't say that, but that's what you're saying. Because you don't do what God says. I thought 
I thought you said God said. Well, uh, he, he's leading me to do something else now. Come on, that's not, that's not the God of this Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to, um, we, we have to start discerning and knowing that you did hear God's voice, but a lot of times we ignore it. Because the situation, like with Noah's situation, it gets tough. It gets tough. With Noah, how tough did it get? How tough did it get, really? He's building his ark. How long did it take him to build his ark? Ten days, did it? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Well, let, 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 let me uh, give you, give you uh, just a little example. In, in 5, Genesis 5, 32, it says, Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, so we know that he became the father of his sons at 500 years old. Okay, now, let's go back to 7, chapter 7. Okay, here we have, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone have I seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you every clean animal, and he tells about, uh, by sevens. If somebody asks you, say, well, how many animals did he take? Did he say, he took them by twos. Well, he did. But he also, the clean animals, he took by how many? Sevens. A male and a female. And of the animals that are not clean, two. A male and a female. Then he said also the birds and the sky and all those things. Verse 4. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. And I will blot out from the face of the earth every living thing that I have made. Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded. Verse 6. Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth. Okay. Now, if we did our math right, <laughs> it did not take 10 days to build a sock for the flood to come. Is that correct? We know at least it took how many years? 100. Now, did Noah have to endure? Huh? What do you think he had to endure? Think of some of the things he had to endure during this time. Yeah, doubt, um, ridicule, that's right. Why are you building, what are you building? This is a big something, what are you building? And all, for what? It's going to rain. It's never rained, Noah. It's going to rain, it's going to flood. Noah, you're, you're a fool. What do you think is... His kids went through. You know how your kids go through those things at school, don't you? Just in the neighborhood. Okay? So we know that he had to withstand. Are we going to have to withstand? 
Yes, we are. We are. So therefore, we, we, we talked about the first truth, that he, he's going to speak directions to us, or he'll speak to us a promise, or he'll speak a command. And with that, we know that a promise is still there with the command, and we know that we should obey. We know that. Let's go to another truth. I'm going to uh, go from there and go back to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Chapter 11, back there, verse 7, where we were. Let's look at Abraham. Verse 8 in, in, in 7, in, in, in chapter 11, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham... When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance. By faith. Why is Abraham here? We found out why Noah was here. Noah trusted God. We know that because we read the account. Now, how about Abraham? What about Abraham? In Genesis chapter 12... Let's, let's look there before I give you that second truth. In Genesis chapter 12, it tells us, Now the Lord said to Abraham, or Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which, you, which I will show you. And, now that's the direction he's telling them. He's giving them some directions. Are they hard directions? Do you think, or are they thinking they're easy directions? I believe they were hard because I believe that, I don't believe that Abraham was having strife with, his, with all these people and, and he wanted to leave anyway. He's, he was just listening for anybody to tell him to leave. I don't think that. I think that, that, that um, he was enjoying himself. He, he grew up there. This is where he lives. And when you get a word like that, it's a, it's a hard word. But he, he gives a promise with it. Verse 2, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Then it says, so Abram went forth as the Lord has spoken to him, and Lot with Went with him. Now Abraham, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So now we see that God spoke. And again, here someone obeys, but there's a promise with it. The second truth is that we need to probably understand that there must be an inner response to God's word to you or to me. There must be an inner response. The inner is going to come before the outer response. So when God tells us something, something must have been going on in Abram's mind and in Noah's mind, something internal for them to do something so hard for so long because 
if we, we know the scripture, and so we know that, that if he's going, all the families of the earth are going to be named after Abram, we know that it took about two or three years, didn't it? What do you think? No. By the time Isaac came along, how old was Abraham? Because he had changed his name by the time. How old was it? He was about 100 years old. So we, we know that if we do our math right, we know that it took at least 75, I mean 25 what, years, didn't it? 25 years if we do our math right. 25 years. So sometimes we think, man, this has been a long time, and, and it must not have been God who said something. No. No. You just endure. Wait on God. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. Let's see this inner response that we're talking about. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about the things not yet seen, in reverence, you mean we read, we just read over those two verses, really. In reverence, prepared, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. So what was happening internally with Noah? He had reverence, didn't he? He had some reverence for God. How do you think reverence is developed? See, we, got to de- we have to develop something internally. When, when I have my quiet time before God and I'm reading... Do you see all the things that happens in this word? It makes you say, wow, wow. You, you don't have to start, you don't have to go far in it. Because I tell people, okay, read through the Bible, you know, start in Genesis and just read on through it at your own pace. You don't have to, you don't have to go far. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light still being. You, you don't have to go far to have reverence for God, do you? You don't have to go far. And think of all the things that God did. Just think of how, oh, how he is, how merciful he is. As you're reading the scripture and thing, you say, oh, God, you're so merciful. Now we take that what he did for them. We put it to us and we say, oh, God, how merciful you are to me. Right? That makes you reverence God more because you say, God, you are so good. You took somebody like me and you saved my soul. Right? I was a sinner. I mean, God, I didn't even want you. I didn't even love you. Yet, you sent your only begotten son and for me. For me. That's what you can tell yourself. And you say, oh, my goodness. That's reverence, you see. That makes you, when God tells you something, it's a hard word, but he tells you something, it makes you want to do it. Because you have reverence for God. It's something internal. Let's go to another one. So one truth is that God speaks a word or promise to us. We're his people. 
He expects us to do it. And there are promises with it. Another one is that there must be, with our faith life that we're living, we, the just shall live by faith, that there must be an internal response to God when he speaks to us. Another one is that there must be an external response. You see, we can't, we get, sometime we have to get out of our prayer closet. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we have to close this Bible and, and do something. We just can't say we're so spiritual, but we do nothing. Something has to be done. Now, let's look at it in these two verses. Again, with Noah. What did Noah do? Noah built an ark, didn't he? We saw it. What did Abraham do? He went out from his family, his friends, all his relatives, everybody, to a place where he didn't even know where he was going. He just left. That's what he did. And we're going to have to do the same thing, aren't we? Because according to James chapter 2, which we spent six months going through James, uh, and then a year reviewing uh, James, chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look at it. It says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but has no works. There must be an external response to God. To God's word that he gives you. Can that faith save him? Rhetorical question, of course, is no. If a brother or sister without clothing, so you know that the, the, the things we've gone through before, Let's go down a little further. Verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of works, Faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. So you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In other words, that you must have an accompanying uh, doing something. That's what he means by works. And he's not talking about salvation, so don't even let that thought into your mind. We're talking about after salvation now. I'm not going to go off on this trail to let you know that we're saved by grace. 
not by works, lest he's the inner man, so both. Okay. But, verse 25, in the same way was not Rahab, a harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. If you don't have an external response to the word of God, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay? There must be an external response, an outward response. So we see that the life of faith, uh, the way we live by faith, we must hear God, know him speaking, And know that there are promises that go with it. Also, you're going to know that there's going to be a time span between when he speaks and a time over here when it comes to pass. You've got to know that. Okay? If you don't know that, you're not going to endure. Know that our faith life, we're walking by faith, not by sight, but it's a lifestyle every day. Know that there must be an inner response. You must have something internally, because if you don't have it internally, it's not going to go outside. Because if you, if you have doubt internally, you're going to respond in doubt. You're not going to be obedient, in other words. So you have to have faith. Know that we must have an external response also. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. There must be some knowledge also that there is a measure of God's reward now. There's a measure of it now, but not fully. Not fully. In other words, that... Once you do what God says, there's going to be a reward, but you're not going to see the full reward. Let's look at it in the scripture here. Start in verse 7, and then we'll go down to 10. By faith, Noah, being won by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir, became the heir of the righteousness which is according to the faith. According to faith. Did Noah receive everything, you think? Noah, in other words, Noah, Noah was, Noah was going to be the heir of, of, of all people in other words, we came from the people who came out of that ark. Do you know that? If you don't know that, then you missed the scripture because everybody else died. Okay? So you didn't come from somebody that died, died. You came from somebody who was living. So we all came from them. Did Noah see us? Did Noah see everybody who, who killed? No, he didn't see them. He lived a long time, but he didn't see everybody. 
You see it, right? But he did see God fulfill the saving of his household, didn't he? Yeah. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Did he receive everything? Now, yes, partially, but not fully. Because he was all the nations were going to come from him, but he didn't see us, did he? He didn't see everything. He didn't see everybody who came from him because his, 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 his descendants are going to be as many as the stars in the sky, the sand on the sea. He didn't see everybody. But let's, let's keep reading. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and with Jacob, fellow heirs, heirs of the same promise. They had a promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Did he ever see it? No, he didn't see it. Let's go to verse 39 and 40. You, 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 you'll see partially, but you won't see fully. And these, all these, now all these meaning everybody who he just finished Naming, the author of Hebrews named everybody in chapter 11. All these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Was Noah one of these, all these? Yeah. Noah and Abraham, because they are mentioned in verse 7 and 8. So he said all these having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. But they did receive some of what was promised, didn't they? But just, just as many, he, didn't, he didn't receive all that was promised. We're going to receive some of his promise, but we're not going to see all of his promise. Do you know that, that, um, that we are promised eternal life, right? If we're born again. And that we're going to have a new body, but we're going we're gonna to die before we see that new body. Do you know that? Or do you think, well, you might be like, it depends on whether he comes back before you, before you die. We might be the ones that get caught up in the air, you know, and, uh, with those after they are raised. We don't know. But if he tarries because of his long suffering, his mercy for the laws, we won't see it their new body, until late on. Because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So God had us in mind, and so because of his goodness, his mercy, his love for the lost, he wanted us to be in with them. So they couldn't see it all. And if more going to come in, we're not going to see it all either. Because he has more people to save, maybe. Okay. Let's go to uh, chapter, thir- uh, chapter uh, 13, verse 14. 
to close it up. For here, we do not have a lasting city. We will have a lasting city, won't we? But we are seeking the city which is to come. Now, he's talking after he's, he's given them some final exhortation over here in, in, in chapter 13. He, he's telling them that, that they are not going to see the city yet that they are seeking because it's to come. What are we waiting for? What city are we looking for? New Jerusalem, aren't we? New heaven, new earth. That's what we're looking for. It's not here yet. So our walk is just like their walk. They didn't see the last city either. either. We haven't seen it yet. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. That's what we need to be doing. While we're waiting, we need to offer up continually a sacrifice of praise for his goodness, for his mercy, for his plan, because his plan, even though we read the plan that he had for Noah, for Abraham, that plan included us. And we we should be offering up so much thanksgiving because he waited until we came in. Wouldn't have been sad if he would close things out with Abraham. Wouldn't have been sad. Because we wouldn't be there, would we? Do you think others need to come in? Do you want others to come in? Sure we do. We need to offer up continual praise regardless of our situation, what we are going through. We are enduring because we are looking for a city A, a, a lasting, everlasting city. And we want others to come in, so I don't care what I'm going through today. I don't care what hardship I, I have. I know that God is good. He brought me in. So I don't care about the demons that flee. I don't care about this or that. That's not the biggest thing, in other words. Uh, when it, you want demons to flee when you, when you pray, don't you? Praise God. Yeah, you want them to flee. Yeah. You want to resist Satan, the devil, and he will flee. You want that to happen, and it will happen, but that's not the big issue. The big issue is that your soul is saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the big issue. And we should be praying. We should be looking we should be participating with God in bringing more people into this kingdom. That should be our quest. Everything we do, why read? We will read him, we'll study him so we can persevere, so we can learn more about him, so we can hear his voice, so that he can tell us what to do. We'll do those things because he's going to tell us, you know what his heart is. His heart is for the lost. He wants more people to come in. We should be trying to uh, be sensitive to the Spirit so we'll see those who he wants us to talk to, those who want, well, he, he wants us to, to uh, disciple, to mentor, to, to go on so they can do the same thing. Because if it weren't for the apostles who were uh, passing the word along and, and discipling people, 
uh, we wouldn't be here. And so the others who are coming after us are not going to be here either if we don't reach them, if, if, if we don't take the good news. How are they going to hear if somebody don't proclaim it? Then it says, and do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such sacrifices God is pleased. So we're going to do the things that God has called us to do. We're not going to just stay in our prayer closet. We're not going to stay in our uh, with my CD on and praising. Uh, I'm going to go out and do something because I know that there are more people to come in. And so I want to just encourage you today with the idea that our faith life, our faith walk is so important to God that he wants us to realize that there are parts to it that you need to understand so it'll help you persevere. And we went over four of them. Let's review those four. One is that God will speak promises to his people, or he'll speak, but with that speaking, obedience comes promises. Now, two, there must be an inner response to the word of God. Whether it's the word that they hear, whether it's the word we hear, whether it's the scripture we we read, is still hearing God's word, we need to have an inner response. Three is that there must be an outer response to God's word. And four, we need to know that there's going to be a measure of the success or the reward or the achievement of it, but not fully, because we're not going to get what's full until we're with him. Then the full reward will be there when we're with him. Let's stand. As I'm reading and studying for these messages, I hope your faith is increasing because I'm getting more and more built up and and he's helping my faith grow. As I'm doing the messages, studying for them and things, I I want to share with you what he's sharing with me is that when you start listening, hearing what he's saying, the enemy doesn't like our trusting God to increase. He wants us to doubt God. Because when we doubt God, he knows that we shouldn't hope to receive anything. Because James says that a doubter is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man. So the enemy knows that. So he wants to get us in, keep in fear, doubt, unbelief. That kept the people out of the promised land. It sent them around and around and around in the wilderness. And he doesn't want us to be that way. He doesn't want me to be that way. And so he wanted, wanted me to share it with you today is that Expect, when you're hearing these messages, 
expect the enemy to come, to try to steal the word, to try to sabotage your faith, your belief in God, your trust in him, your relying on him, your waiting and enduring. And you're going to get thoughts that, and get situations that'll start trying to get you off of his word. Get you out of source with one another. See, it won't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if, if stuff hasn't started happening in your relationships. Whether it's your marital relationship, whether it's your relatives, whether it's your co-workers, or whether it wouldn't surprise me if stuff is not breaking loose in your life. Because you're hearing the word <laughs> of faith, of trusting in God. Don't fall for it. As one of the, the books, that, that, um, one of the good books, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't allow the enemy to sabotage your faith. When stuff comes your way, you say, ha I recognize what's going on. You're not going to steal my faith. My trust in God is going to soar. It's going to soar. Praise God.